Stephanie Schaefer, and you're listening to the North Star Narrative, a podcast from North Star Academy. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you're encouraged, challenged, and motivated by what you learned today. Enjoy the story. Hey, everybody. So excited to be with you again. Thanks for tuning in. This is part two of Harmony Nafakis, who is joining us to share about her experience as a TCK and to answer some of our North Star community students' questions um, about being a TCK and and just navigating life down that path. And so if you haven't heard part one, stop right now and go back and listen to her story because it is incredible and you'll want to hear that and then come back to part two um, as she's going to give some really incredible insight and valuable, um, compassionate answers for TCKs. So whether you're a TCK or not, this is still for you. If you're a parent, um, anybody in the North Star community, you're going to love getting to know Harmony and just hearing her life story. So thank you for joining us and helping answer these questions for our students. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Let's start off with what animal do you think best represents TCKs and why? Oh, it's hard because every TCK is so different. Like when, like I work in the TCK field and you, you study how everybody behaves differently according to their experience. But what I've heard the most and what most TCKs seem to identify with is the chameleon. That seems to be a mascot for the TCK experience because you can blend in or you cannot blend in. Um, and you're, you're pretty good at adapting to environments. Yeah, that's a good one. What are your biggest culture shock moments that you remember? Third grade is when I moved back. My first time being in an American public school. Oh, and it was so weird because at the beginning of the class, everybody seemed to stand up at the same time and start chanting at the flag. And I grew up in a Buddhist context. So to me, like, I thought, it's like idol worship. Like, what are we doing? Why are they like pledging allegiance to this flag? That doesn't make any sense at all. So I had a lot of like, like a moral crisis, like, what am I supposed to do in this moment? Um, then I learned about the Pledge of Allegiance, and I, I learned how to say it as well. So that was that was a big one. All right. What are some benefits that being a TCK can have on your future? Oh, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of benefits. Being a TCK, and I'm saying this generally, this is not, this doesn't describe every single TCK, but generally, you you have a better understanding of how to adapt in different situations. Uh, you become a little more aware of that people are different and that they have different needs and different ways of communicating. Um, if you can get a strong sense of that from the beginning, knowing that not everyone's going to be like you and that there is a kind of cultural translation and learning somebody else's language, even if you're in the same country and speaking the same language. It really helps you when you interact with other people at work or people that you're trying to help and serve when you're you're making friends. Yeah, that's that's been huge for me. Um, also, the world is becoming more global. There's more and more people working overseas. Uh, now that you can work virtually, there's going to be more families, more kids growing up in different countries. So my job right now is serving families who are growing up overseas. And it's something I'm good at because I've had that experience. And it's a job that a lot of TCKs are good at because they have this experience. So there's lots of work out there that involves interacting with different cultures or helping people live in different cultures. And 
being a TCK gives you tremendous advantage in that. That's good. All right. For parents, what should parents of TCKs do to best support their children in this journey? There's so much. (laughs) I think one message I wish that every parent knew is that your kids are, are a responsibility given to you by God that comes before work and ministry, that they are your first ministry. If you, if you raise your family with that mindset that your kids are your first ministry, I think most other things will fall into place. Just listening to your kids, helping to understand how they're experiencing um, each transition, how they're experiencing school, and yeah, making decisions so that ultimately uh, they can thrive. And it doesn't mean making decisions that uh, that means your kids will, will never face challenges or difficulty because that's not realistic. Everywhere we go, even if you were raising your kids in your passport country for the rest of their lives, they're going to have challenges there. It's just different. But every parent, wherever they're living, yeah, it's just valuable to know that, that your kids uh, are a tremendous responsibility and a priority and that, that God's on your side in that, like he's, he's with you and that you're not alone in, in all of those parenting decisions and all of, all of those challenges. That's good. I'm sure I could tell by watching you so many things popped in your head, but that's yeah. kind of a starting place, <laughs> the starting place yeah. where if you start from there and give it to God, he'll give wisdom, mm-hmm. you know, along the way. But thinking on those lines, what are some good tools to have as a TCK, either as an adult TCK, kids or parents of TCKs? I know that you mentioned you you have a lot of resources that you give out. So what are some of the top tools or places people can go for resources? Yeah, I, I think first of all, it's the people around you, people who are close to you. And and even that's difficult to say because as, as somebody who's an expat, you may be traveling to different places, but somebody who's easily accessible, who can be close to you um, to mentor you. TCKs, I highly recommend finding a mentor uh, that understands TCK experiences because you can ask them all the questions. You can you can let them know when you're struggling. You can let them know, like, you know, I get that, you know, like I understand who God is, but I just don't feel that personal connection. You can ask this mentor, like, I I want to be close friends with somebody, but I'm not getting there and I just don't understand why it's not working. Like those are people who can help you talk through things that are specific to you and and that have more knowledge and understanding in the world. Uh so yeah, find a mentor. You you can get this by um, asking your parents if they have a close friend that would be willing to maybe Zoom with you, um, meet with you online or in person, um, or you can reach out to your church, um, ask them if there's uh, older, wiser people in that church that would be interested in, in just helping you figure life out. Um, I would say the same for parents. Like, having community of some kind, having an older, wiser person in your life uh, to be able to, to bounce those ideas off those questions with. If you're in a missions organization, I highly recommend reaching out to your TCK care team uh, if you have one. Um, but if you don't and you want to like understand TCKs more, probably the best resource I found is the organization TCK training. Uh, they're phenomenal. They have tons of webinars about TCKs uh, that are are for parents, that are for um, adult TCKs as well to help them process their experiences. They offer consultations, um, things like that. 
And then there's uh, a couple of books I recommend too. One is Raising Up a Generation of Healthy Third Culture Kids, which is written by Lauren Wells, who founded TCK Training. Um, And then also the book Third Culture Kids, A Gift to Care For. That second book, A Gift to Care For, that's by Ulrika Ernvik. And it, it's, a, it's a thick book, but each chapter is just so short. And it ends with um, practical application for parents, for young TCKs, for adult TCKs, for people who are in TCK care. So I think that's a really good, um, good place to go for, for that. And if you like podcasts, Pondering Purple is a podcast by Michelle Phoenix. Um, They're really short episodes, but she gets into some really deep and meaningful TCK stuff. And that's great for parents as well as teens, as well as adult third culture kids. Yay, that was a lot. A lot of really good, yeah, resources. I love that. And I had the thought while you were talking, you know, we have a lot of parent resources and opportunities here as well. Even we could offer, you know, a parent group where they go through one of the books that you suggested a book study or even listen to a podcast and then come back and talk about it. I mean, just a a place we can do that virtually. um, Do it in community. That's so valuable. That's good. Yeah, really good. All right. What are some of the misconceptions people have about TCKs or MKs? Some of the common ones I've heard from TCKs are uh, particularly from missionary kids. The, the misconception that they're perfect, that you know, they're like goody two-shoes. Um, do people say that anymore? Goody two-shoes? <laughs> older, older generation. <laughs> uh, yeah, expectations that, I don't know, that they're like also doing the ministry, like they're converting people on the field or something. Um, and then that just puts a lot of pressure on the kids. And it's just, oftentimes it's just not true. Like those kids shouldn't, have to have that expectation to be perfect. Other misconceptions that they have lots of friends, which I think is true. Um, but I think part of that misconception is that TCKs aren't lonely or they don't get lonely because they they know tons of people, uh, which is not true. They may know lots of people, but that doesn't necessarily mean they don't feel lonely. And that they're resilient. Um, and what I mean by that is I think people have the the misconception that because you're young and you're a kid that you can put up with whatever. I think they may have the impression that if you've been through a lot, it means that you're an extra durable person. I don't know. It's hard to explain that that last piece, but it it hasn't given TCK's permission in the past to to express heartache or or discouragement or or realizing that it's okay and it's normal to struggle with transition. It's okay and it's normal to have a hard time when something hard happens. Uh, so th- there's not as much expectation to be some kind of super person. Yeah, those are really good. I really like the one that TCKs aren't lonely, maybe because they've had mm-hmm. so much experience, know so many people from maybe different places. Yeah, that's good. But down deep. Anyone can be super lonely, even if you're surrounded yeah. by a crowd of people. Yeah. We know that. And I keep going back to the predator about the hawk that you talked about mm-hmm. when we talked about the chickens um, and how there's a predator, you know, trying to destroy us at all times, the enemy, and wants to tell us lies. Yeah, and just really absolutely. having community, relationships, community, like you've said, people 
people around you. So no matter if you're a TCK or not, that is important for everyone to have people that can pour into your life and people you can talk to. All right, here is another student question. Does living overseas affect how good you are at rock, paper, scissors? Oh my goodness. That's a fantastic question. So this is really funny because I know how to do rock, paper, scissors, and tie. So if that's counted as being better, then maybe, but it doesn't guarantee me any more wins. But I remember in high school, being a TCK gave me a lot of interest in how people work and studying people and especially like trying to translate my American peers. And so there was a time in high school where I did rock, paper, scissors with people and I recorded what their first option was. And I took like little notes on a paper pad so that I could figure out if the majority of people would pick one or two of the, you know, the, the symbols more so that I could win at rock, paper, scissors. Let me guess. They pick rock. Is rock number one? I don't remember. I like, it was just, I we do a like lot of rock, was. paper, scissors at our house. Yeah. Not, like everything. Okay. Rock, paper, yeah. scissors for it. And so rock is usually what everybody picks first. And I wonder if so it's you because know. it's in your mind, rock, you know, that's the first yeah. word you say, rock, paper, scissors, rock. What do you say? Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. So every time you're saying rock, um, it'd be interesting to see if it, if they do rock, then paper, then scissors. Yeah. But no rock in my family. Everybody seems to, that's a go-to. So now you win because you do paper or do you also do yes. rock? That's a good strategy. I'm a loser at rock, paper, scissors <laughs> in my family. All right. So we've kind of already talked about this a little bit, but I'm going to share this question in case you've got something else to add. Um, what role does loneliness play in the life of expatriate families? And are, are there any strategies to deal with this issue? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Loneliness is huge uh, for expat families. It is, it's so hard. Uh, Part of it is, you know, it might be the field that you're on. Uh, Maybe you don't have as access to many people, or maybe you're mostly feeling lonely when you come back to the passport country. That's what we hear a lot from our TCKs is they come back to the U.S. and experience tremendous loneliness because they feel so not understood. And also the expat community is so welcoming and warm that when you're overseas, you experience relationships in a way that people back in the passport country don't experience it because they're not, they're not going through this significant experience together. So yeah, there, there's lots of places where, where TCKs and parents can feel really lonely. Ways to combat that. There's so many things. Uh, one, I think, is to to have grace for yourself. Um, this is where the enemy can really speak to us strongly and where we're very tempted to believe him. Like TCK is believing it's because I'm not good enough. It's because um, it's because I'm a TCK and people can't understand me. They can't relate to me or, you know, I it's not worth it because people leave anyways. Uh, and so maybe maybe part of that loneliness is because you're afraid and you're afraid to to find people that care about you to connect with people like if even that thought just makes your heart beat a little faster like that i mean it's understandable and and i think a lot of tck's relate to that and it's something that i related to a lot when i was a kid and even now like even now deep relationships scare me a little bit because they could leave because um you know they could disappoint you all of these things um so first of all have grace for yourself. Uh, 
ground yourself in what is true, uh, what is biblically true, what does God say about community and relationships. And what we know is that he says that it's worth it. He says that he's designed us for it. The first thing that he did when he made Adam, well, one of the first decisions he made after he made Adam was to say, it's not good for man to be alone. And that wasn't because Adam didn't have enough faith in God or didn't have a good enough relationship with God. It wasn't because Adam, you know, wasn't enough. It was just because God created us to belong in community. Other things that you'll see in the Bible is that community builds us. It actually draws us closer to God. If you're feeling like you want that deep relationship with God and you can't figure out to have it, part of that might be because you need community to get there because um, community helps us draw closer to God. And when, when, when relationships get difficult, there's so many good stuff in the Bible, uh, you know, like thinking about when you come back on home assignment, right? And you're relating to American kids and they're confusing and they don't get you and they, it's just confusing, right? I want you to remember the story of Job where Job was extremely misunderstood when he went through all of this suffering. His friends came around him to be with him, which is one, a quality of a great friend to be present with you. So you do want to look for friends who have good qualities. But even though they were good friends and that being present, they didn't understand him and they misunderstood a lot of him and they blamed him and accused him of things that weren't true. But what's really good and what's really interesting is that in the end, when God spoke to Job, he asked Job to reconcile with those friends. Like he wanted Job to continue having relationship with those same people who didn't understand him. Um, And he actually like, there was a whole process of like making sacrifices to cover the sins of his friends um, so that they could return into relationship. And that's what we need to do. We we need to fight for relationships. We need to figure out um, all these lies we're believing. Part of that comes with having a mentor to help you see relationships clearly. There's going to be times where you're beating people that maybe that's not a good person to be a friend with for a variety of reasons. That's where older, wiser people can come in and help you translate. But those good friends that God has called you to, and you can pray for that. You can ask God for relationships and he is faithful and can bring that to you. But you also have to do some work in the process too of recognizing how to fight for those friendships too. I love that. Um, I've studied Job and never really taken it to that level of God restoring the relationships and how important it is. Yeah. To fight. That's so good. And yes, I know of experience for myself and my daughters, you can pray for friendships and God will bring those friendships even to the detail of what you're Mm -hmm. praying for in that relationship. It's so cool. So I love that. All right. Why would an MK or TCK be a great person to have on your team? And the student said it could be a school project, a business team, a sports team, any kind of team. Ooh, so many different types of teams. I can tell you that I have a TCK on my team at work that I tremendously appreciate. Um, now, it's helpful because we're actually, our work is to help TCKs. Um, but also, he's super flexible um, and he's willing to travel anywhere and everywhere. Now, I'm a TCK who actually doesn't like to travel, which is weird, I know. Um, But I love having this TCK on my team because he's willing to go anywhere and everywhere and he actually enjoys it and he loves it. He's really good at talking with people, at listening to people. 
um, and at understanding people from a variety of different places and cultures. So he's, yeah, he's a huge asset on my team. All right. That's so good. I can definitely, yeah, see for me, having a TCK on the team would be just their worldview and being able to see things maybe on a grander scale and having that, you know, experience, a lot of relationship experience, even if they're still dealing with things because we're all dealing with things. So that's really cool. All right. How, how should one, how would you recommend students that are leaving the mission field after being a TCK your whole life? Yeah, that is such a hard transition, but it's not an impossible transition either. So you're leaving the mission field about to spend the rest of your life in, in probably another country, your passport country, probably. I think one of the most important things is to take time to, to process your experience. Um, there's lots of opportunities for debriefing, for connecting with other TCKs and sharing about your experience. Um, to sit down with somebody, hopefully that mentor, to just look at, at what God has done in your life for the past 18 years. Um, to recognize like where was God in all of that? Because I think you may leave the field with the impression that um, that you're leaving everything behind. Uh, and it does feel that way sometimes. But when you take time to reflect on what will continue to be the same, there's a lot of grounding and a lot of security in that. So when you take time to to see how God has been with you through those first 18 years of life and, and recognize like he, that's the same God that's going to be with you for the rest of your life in that new country. Think about all the, all the struggles that you faced, all those difficult transitions you've made and the easy ones too. Um, you know that every good and perfect thing comes from above. So when that, that transition was easy, you know, that, that was God carrying you through that. And when those transitions were hard and, and you, you came through it, that was God carrying you through that too. So take God with you um, and take time to process. There's some amazing re-entry camps in some passport countries. The U.S. has quite a few. Canada has at least one. It's really worth it. It's a financial cost. Uh, A lot of mission organizations will allow you to raise that fund to go to that re-entry camps. Uh, Parents, I I highly recommend uh, making this work for your kids, especially if they've spent almost their entire life overseas, uh, make that re-entry camp possible. It's a time where you can connect with other TCKs who are in similar situations to know from the start of that transition that you are not alone. Um, And also just to learn like some of the basics of that culture. Uh, If nothing else, it's, it's a fun time and it's been highly recommended. I've never heard a story of somebody regretting going to a re-entry camp. That's good. and. I would like to have you on my team. <laughs> thinking back of that, just thinking of each one of your answers is so compassionate. So um, just really thought through and yeah, caring for each student. Like the students are here in front of you right now, yeah. but they are listening. Yeah. All right. The last question um, is kind of a two-parter. Favorite foods of your old country, which Thailand, so we can talk a little bit about that. I ate some food in Thailand, but Ooh. also... This one's kind of on the same lines of what we just talked about, but a little different because how do you adjust when you move to the States suddenly? And I know a lot of people probably had to do that recently with COVID and just mm. su- sudden. Uh, so anything else you would add to that? But let's start Thailand. What are some of your favorite foods? Man, 
the thing I missed the most when we moved to the States was uh, street noodles, um, a soup called a guetio. Um, and it was just like, it, it's almost like pho. If you're familiar with pho, it's just like a, a warm broth with rice noodles and some meat and uh, cilantro and, and mm. ooh, delicious things. Um, we continue to eat uh, sticky rice with garlic fried pork or satay with peanut sauce, somtam, which is like a, a Thai, Thai salad. There's just so many things. I can't, I can't pick just one. I'll just leave you with those two. Yeah. Yep. I recognize yeah. those and um, tried them as well. Oh, Good. nice. Mm-hmm. What did you have in Thailand? What did you go for? Um, I went for a conference in Malaysia, but while I was there with the con- at the that conference, um, since it's you know it's a pretty long ways from here, mm. so I was like, what else can we do? And so we traveled to some of the schools that use us for courses and some of our families. So got to go into our families' homes and sit down mm. with them and have a meal, and yeah, it was lots of fun. So I got to go, and our principal Katie and Mozad went to. Mm. Did you go so, to Grace International? Yes. It's one Chiang Mai International. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Grace, yeah. Yeah, it was so fun. So, it, was, yeah. it was beautiful. It was amazing. It was incredible. All the people, um, just oh, connections, yeah. and all of it was great. It really was a perfect trip. We look back on it now thinking God just kept us like healthy, and mm. we were on so many different planes, and um, just lots of travel in and out of places, and everything was just super smooth. Look back wow. and can't. You know, that doesn't always happen traveling. <laughs> There's all kinds of crazy stuff that can happen. Um, and yeah, but I just prayed because I knew logistically over two weeks traveling in that many different cities and places is mm-hmm. overwhelming. So mm-hmm. I committed it to God at the beginning. I was like, you've got to direct our pass. And I just laid it at his feet. And we took one moment at a time and it really was, it was really just an awesome experience. So praise God. It was good. And and hopefully some of the people we met, things we got to, you know, share, maybe making a lasting impact for yeah. the kingdom, even if it was only a few minutes. Yeah, I love that. I went to uh, Chiang Mai International School in first grade, um, so I have a heart for them. And then when I, after college, I had the opportunity to live in Thailand again for a year, and I was at a boarding home for kids going to Grace International School, so it really grew a heart for that school as well. Amazing places. Yeah. It was amazing. All right. So any last thoughts with this second part of the question? If you have to suddenly get up mm-hmm. and move, and I know you stated, you know, you thought you might be coming back, but sometimes when you suddenly move, you don't know if you're coming back. Yeah. That is such a hard transition to to suddenly have to leave a place. Um, there, there's a whole process that we, we try to encourage families to go through involves like, um, you might already be familiar with it, like raft, like uh, reconciling, you know, saying your sorries to anybody in the area that you're about to leave, who you have something um, to, to apologize for, or, um, you know, saying goodbye to people and places, like all of those things are so important. And all of that has to happen really fast if you're having to suddenly leave somewhere. A sudden leave like that comes with a tremendous amount of loss. And I think it's important to recognize that. It's important to have a lot of grace for yourself and for your family because your whole family is experiencing loss. One of the most important things that 
I heard in college that I still remember today is that with every change, there is loss. And with every loss, there is mourning. Um, It doesn't matter how big the change is or how little the change is. On some level, your body is recognizing, your mind is recognizing that something is not there that used to be there before. And it processes that through grief. So making a sudden transition means that there's going to be a lot of grief in your family. It means that your brains are not going to be operating at the same level that they were before that transition, which means that people in your family might be getting grumpier, might be crying more, might be more sensitive to things that they weren't sensitive to before. So it just has to have a lot of grace for each other. But part of that is made easier when you talk with each other. Um, This is something I really struggle with even today is like talking honestly with family about how I'm doing and how things are going, but it is really important um, to talk with your parents about how you're doing. And if you don't feel comfortable talking with your parents, you need to connect with somebody, connect with that mentor and just know that it's okay. It's okay to take your time processing that change and grieving what has been lost and know that it's not the end. You know, God is, God is so gracious. He is so loving and grief will eventually pass. Um, It takes time to process. It takes work to process, but it won't last forever. Uh, There is happier times coming, but yeah, take your time going through that too. Well, thank you so much for just these incredible answers to our students' questions. And I love that our students got to share and ask, you know, these are some really, really good questions. So thank you, North Star Community TCKs and MKs for asking these questions and for, yeah, just listening into Harmony and all of your just truth and experience. It's been really, really good to spend time with you and listen to your story. So thank you so much for sharing with us. And um, I know that you do a lot of work with TCKs and shares or anything else that you want to share, any other resources or opportunities, anything to leave our listeners with? If anybody wants to chat more about things, I'm I'm more than happy to to be a contact for people just to at least point them in the right direction of resources or just to chat. Yeah. Maybe we can have you for NSA Connects where you come live with yeah, the students. I would love that. That would be fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. Well, thank you for just the investment of your time into the North Star community and the globe for all those that will listen to your story. Well, it's great being here. Thanks for the questions, kids. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today. If you have any questions for our guest or would like information about North Star, please email us at podcast at nsa.school. We love having guests on our show and getting to hear their stories. If you have anyone in mind that you think would be a great guest to feature, please email us and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming stories.